Look, welcome to the Huxley Morton podcast. Uh, today, I'm joined by Nikki Shultek, the founder of Intracell. Uh, Nikki, to avoid me uh, giving an introduction as to what you guys do over there, because it's quite complex and I was certainly found it quite interesting. Please, can you give our viewers and listeners a quick overview of, of yourself and, and, and what Intracell is all about? Wonderful, James. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So Intracell Research Group is essentially a consortium. So it's people speaking to one another globally, uh, but we do have a focus. Our focus is to examine the relationship between chronic infections and mm -hmm. various diseases like Alzheimer's and asthma. Yeah. So um, that's probably the most brief way to put it. Uh, my goal with my organization um, three years ago was to build something which didn't exist Mm -hmm. that basically tied together people working in business, people working uh, in various parts of uh, the industry and in medical, uh, like diagnostic, people starting drug companies, and then also tie in scientists and practicing clinicians mm -hmm. uh, to really answer some big questions surrounding what actually causes some of these diseases. Uh -huh. And uh, as I shared with you previously, it all kind of kicked off five years ago with my own illness. And so mm. this is uh, very mission driven for me. Yeah. So that was kind of, I remember you saying that that was the, the unofficial start, wasn't it? Five years back. And then as sure. you just covered sort of three years officially um, kicking off. But look, that's, I mean, this is why I wanted to sort of bring you onto the, the show really is, you know, I found your story quite fascinating as to, to how it came about in terms of this very mission dri driven, it's not profit led, it is sort of uh, passion over pro profit for yourself and your organization. So just tell me uh, and remind me again as to how it came about and give us a quick insight as to your background prior to that, because you were quite a high flyer. Yeah, so, um, so basically, as I mentioned, I had been sick. Um, mm. So in my early 30s, Roughly five years ago, I ended up over the course of one year, literally falling apart. Mm. Uh, you know, we have this show here in the U.S. called Mystery Diagnosis, uh, and it was truly that was me. I had developed several different autoimmune conditions, mm. and uh, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't sleep, uh, I had neurodegenerative symptoms, and uh, various different types of pain. Uh, you know, to sort of paraphrase a lot of the things that went on, mm. and uh, previously uh, before. I stayed home with my kids for some, you know, a number of years. I actually was a stay-at-home mom. I had worked mm. for drug companies. Yeah. So I started my career at Pfizer and then moved to Genentech. And I got a chance to work uh, on the sales side of things, which brought me in and through about 75 different hospitals here in the U.S., um, mm -hmm. understanding the inner workings of a hospital, working with nearly every single specialty, um, having a chance to launch three drugs. And I love reading medical research. So when I got sick... And I started racking up all these different specialists. You know, mm. uh, I would get diagnosed with another condition. I'd be sent to a specialist. I ended up yeah. with about a dozen. Mm -hmm. And uh, when no one could really identify what was underneath all of my illnesses, which seemed to all be related to inflammation, uh -huh. I started my own research. And that's um, something I really credit my time in pharma to is, you know, the amazing training, uh, particularly Pfizer gave as far as interpreting medical literature. And it's just something I've always loved. Yeah. So uh, really in a, in a matter of being desperate, honestly, and looking at two small children and wondering, you know, if I'd get to see them grow up because mm. I was so sick that I was barely functioning, wow. uh, I decided to do my own research and I came upon really this sort of 
under-acknowledged body of work looking at chronic infections mm -hmm. and some of the diseases I had been diagnosed with. And I wondered if that could be me. And that simple question is really what started my journey officially with Intracell Research Group, beginning to contact scientists that publish yeah. these, these pieces of literature. And then thinking, oh my goodness, they should be speaking to one another because this is incredibly complex, but together, if we could innovate together, we could do it faster. Mm -hmm. So really that's, that's what the whole thing is built on. And um, as you pointed out, it's not about generating revenue or even generating an income. I don't take one. Uh, mm -hmm. Any money that I generate uh, largely through consulting projects with Intracell Research Group goes back into the work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, my goal is that by the time my life is done, we have answers to some important scientific questions, which right now remain unanswered. Yeah. So you're looking to yeah leave leave the place better than how you found it effectively. Absolutely. In a way. Yeah. Tell me because it's it's fascinating that probably at a time where you must have been feeling tired, weak, run down, you know, with you know these various uh, diseases or. Um, and probably quite frustrated as well that you weren't getting answers and getting passed from pillar to post almost. How, how did you feel when you decided you were going to go out and start doing this research? Because I know what it's like when you're, when you're trying to either start a business or, or do anything like this. You need a lot of energy, right? And at a time like that, it must have felt like almost the world is falling apart, but you needed to go out and, and do something. So where did you, where did you pluck that energy from? Uh, you know, I, I'm guessing it's perhaps you mentioned your two children there. So, um, but tell me what, where did, where did that, yeah, that inspiration so, motivation come from? It's a good question. So I kind of left out a pivotal part of the story and you called me out on it is that in the process of doing this research and contacting uh, researchers and clinicians that were looking at chronic infections, basically bacteria and viruses that live in your body, not just for the short term, like strep throat, you mm. take a week to 10 days of antibiotic and you're better. These right. are the type of, of bugs which stay permanently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a group of bugs that people don't pay as much attention to, even though they're incredibly prevalent. So I had reached out to one of the clinicians uh, that published a lot of the literature and the literature he was publishing was looking at a chronic lung pathogen, a bacteria that enters in through your nose or, or mouth, and then actually has been associated with things like neurodegenerative diseases, um, mm -hmm. MS, Alzheimer's. And one of my most disturbing symptoms that I had developed over the course of a year was uh, diffuse neurodegenerative symptoms. So, you know, uh -huh. you're going to send a text message and you can't coordinate your thumbs, they're too weak. Wow. Um, you know, various, very scary, um, incredibly yeah. frightening things. And among all the things I think that can threaten a human being is, is having your mental faculties or your ability to actually use your central computer, which is your brain, mm. robbed and taken away from you. Um, so, so in the process of that, I found this researcher who is also a medical doctor who ended up um, you know, responding to me uh, very quickly, which was, was wonderful, and suggested that a few simple blood tests be ordered mm. you know, to see if indeed I am one of these people that has a chronic infection. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that I had multiple different chronic infections, evidence wow. of you know, elevated levels of uh, the bacteria, which causes Lyme disease. That's one that people have heard of, yeah. um, you know, transmitted by ticks. And uh, I also had this particular respiratory pathogen, mm. which is called chlamydia pneumoniae. Uh, it's not a sexually transmitted disease. It's a cousin of the STD that enters the lung 
or through the nose um, and has been implicated in, it was implicated in many of the diseases I was diagnosed with. Yeah. So when I came back with elevated levels, this physician suggested that I be treated with a very aggressive course of antibiotics. And I was very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say I was, um, you know, really not a fan of the idea. I uh, worked in the anti-infective space at Pfizer yeah. and I was very well aware of the dangers of taking antibiotics and the problems with overusing antibiotics, right? Mm-hmm. But at this point, um, you know, I had really to weigh the symptoms I was experiencing with lightning and the possibility that I would continue to get worse and not get to see my kids grow up versus the risks of trying this regimen. And yeah. I decided to try it. Yeah. And uh, effectively, it put my diseases into remission. So I literally was a severe asthmatic. The asthma was placed into remission, um, which is really literally unheard of. Most people with very severe asthma remain that way. And there's mm-hmm. very little that can be done to help them. And uh, you know, the other various uh, syndromes that I was experiencing abated. Uh, I no longer have symptoms of neurodegeneration or neurologic symptoms today. Uh-huh. Uh, I am fortunate to be well. And to me, that is a gift that I've been given. And I had a choice at that time, James, you know, as you mentioned, you know, where do you find the energy? Well, mm-hmm. I was treated for a period of many months before I decided, okay, I can't just be well and not share this. I can't not share my case. I know mm-hmm. very well working in the medical field now that, you know, one, one case study really doesn't mean a lot to people. Right. Mm-hmm. But the literature on these different bacteria and viruses and how they might be playing behind the scenes and causing trouble or at least making certain diseases worse is so compelling, you know, it needs to be highlighted. We need to do something about it. And so, um, so that's, really, that's really what it is for me. It's a sense of obligation mm-hmm. because I know that right now there are other people that are like me looking for answers, being, I call it the healthcare hockey puck. They're being passed from one player to the next Mm. on the ice. They're being given a lot of medications to cover up their symptoms. You know, um, I mean, if I could tell you the list of drugs I was offered during the course of my illness, it would uh, really shock you. But- We've got time for for all of them on the podcast show, have we not? (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) so so that's that's to answer your question, you know, how 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 I- Okay, so look, I guess what I find interesting is that, you know, you've taken this upon your upon yourself. So clearly there's maybe an underlying issue that there's not, you know, being enough research, there's not being enough, well, or it is being, people are writing about it, people are publishing things, yeah. but it's not managing to make maybe mainstream media, the big pharma companies are not picking up on this. So what is, I mean, how would you describe that bigger picture problem you know why has it been left to yourself and an intracell in order to pick this up and tell us about some of the, the great things that you're doing as as you're you know running your consortium to combat this and what do you think that that, that the industry as a whole should be doing uh, in order to assist the cause sorry a couple of questions they're all thrown into one wasn't there great. <laughs> great questions so Essentially, the the fundamental thing that we think needs to be examined is the idea that a lot of diseases are simply autoimmune or genetic. And what we are suggesting is that actually, uh, you've heard the term microbiome a lot, right? Mm -hmm. That it's probably more complicated than simply your genes. Um, For example, 
why is one person more vulnerable to developing a chronic infection or symptoms of a chronic infection than another individual? Yeah. Um, so the bigger question is, in terms of the industry, um, you know, you pointed out something valuable. So why why isn't anyone latching onto this and, and grabbing it and running with it? Exactly. And there are there are three factors, in my opinion: scientific hmm. factors, human behavior factors, and then economic factors. So um, I'll start with the, the scientific piece. So historically, the idea that uh, pathogens like bacteria, viruses, uh, fungal pathogens cause disease is one that's incredibly challenging to prove, mm. right? So in science, you know, you put in place all of these measures to make certain that you are indeed doing good science, right? To put it simply. Yeah. And it's very challenging to say, okay, this little bacteria is quote, causing this disease. Mm -hmm. uh, scientifically, it's easier to say that it's associated with a disease, but to show that it actually does it is really tricky, especially in the brain. So we, yeah. we look at neurodegeneration, we spend time there. The brain is very difficult to research in a living person because it's completely encapsulated. Uh, you can't do the type of work you would do in the lung. You know, you could take a small piece of lung tissue and examine that. We can't do that with the brain. Mm. So it's forcing everyone to get kind of creative. So, so there's this scientific barrier, right? The next, there's a human behavior barrier. And this is the part where historically, and I love medical science history, actually, mm -hmm. I love to read up on that because I think a lot of lessons can be learned from our past. Uh, very challenging to get people to accept new ideas. It's like uh, a deeply entrenched scientific idea has roots you wouldn't believe. And if you begin to actually go down to the depths and question the roots themselves, instead of just working with the tree branches and, and you know, up higher, mm -hmm. uh, it really is an unpopular thing to do, honestly. And I think it's in part because people don't like change. A lot of people are also very afraid of questioning the foundation that things are built upon. Mm -hmm. um, but really what our work is doing is, is that essentially, is that are there diseases in which we think the immune system is essentially attacking itself when in reality, it's actually attacking something we aren't paying attention to like a bacteria or a virus. Yeah. So uh, the third component is economic. So the economics of pathogen driven disease haven't exactly been very exciting. The uh, anti-infective space you know, drugs to treat various infections, whether mm -hmm. they are antibiotics for bacteria or antivirals for viral infections or antifungal drugs. This yeah. particular space has been struggling for over a decade. Um, many of those companies go out of business, uh, particularly, particularly antibiotic companies. They have trouble pricing um, and then also trouble getting doctors to prescribe the drugs because this idea of let's wait and save a drug until we need it when the mm. old antibiotics, which are generic, don't work any longer. Well, anyone with a, a basic business background knows that that doesn't sustain that industry economically. Yeah. And so you see people, uh, drug companies investing in other things like rare disease, monoclonal mm. antibodies for various conditions. So there are, there are various folds to the issue. Um, and then the last thing I think you asked me was what we're trying to do about it. So Intracell Research Group, my idea was to bring the scientists together and then get uh, innovative projects designed and funded. So um, one example is, uh, you know, to get uh, a project in asthma working. We have um, successfully done 
a retrospective analysis, which is to look back in time over mm -hmm. patient cases that were like me treated with antibiotic regimen and then got better. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, to really publish work and highlight work that has been done in such a way that, you know, we are actually documenting science because what a shame it is when things happen and we don't document it. That's one thing. Mm. Uh, we have designed a clinical trial protocol um, to basically test this antibacterial regimen in early Alzheimer's disease. Uh -huh. And that involved a collaboration between three different countries, many different scientists weighing in on the protocol, um, still trying to get it funded, working on that. That's the difficult part. Yeah. Uh, and we are engaging with organizations that have interest in this space, you know, so I'm trying to, uh, you know, get in front of individuals that have a vested interest and also the ability to, you know, fund important work that needs to be done and then allocate it to the scientists that are actually working in the space. Sure. So it sounds as though a, a lot of the, the business side of, of the, the issue is funding and that money talks you know the big pharma companies are, are chasing you know drugs and, and trials etc where they know it's going to be profitable for them this necessarily it isn't that you know big money orientated um drive and therefore they're kind of overlooking it um and you've you've stepped in you're start trying to connect with the right people talking of, of funding i mean how are you now because you mentioned uh trying to put together sort of maybe trials for um, this asthma work. How are you going about getting, putting that funding together? How are you getting in front of people? How is how's that side of things going for sure. yourself? Sure, so, so I believe that when you connect people to each other, amazing things happen. So there are companies that are, uh, you know, limited liability companies, C-Corps that are interested in the space mm. that, again, I mentioned I consult for organizations. Um, I get to choose to be a part of projects that are innovative that are along my mission. So if let's say a company emerges and says, I wanna develop an anti-infective or a microbiome based product for um, you name it, reactive arthritis, which is a condition associated with infection. Mm. And I can help that company uh, connect them to thought leaders around the globe, which they need, uh, help them to think through the strategy uh, of their approach uh, because I have the business experience and the aspect of that. And then they can help fund some of the work that needs to be published. So yeah. basically what I'm trying to do is get, you know, private companies or, you know, in organizations other than our, our biggest funder here in the U.S., which is the NIH, mm. uh, to be interested in funding work. And um, yeah, we've, we've been able to do so successfully thus far. And, um, you know, we'll be actually publishing something in the coming months that resulted in, you know, th that was actually sort of the fruit of this labor. Fantastic. Well, hopefully that continues to go well for you. You know, you're clearly very driven on this. And if there's anyone listening that wants to help out with funding and or has contacts that would be interested in such a space, please feel free to shoot me a, me a message or likewise to, to Nikki. Um, and look, paint the picture of, of how things have perhaps changed in your world and for IntraCell since the pandemic broke out, because your organization is, is kind of like a spider web, right? You connect people all around the world. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of it must have been remote uh, digital work previously. How have you guys had to adapt and what impact has that had over, say, the, the past sort of six to nine months uh, where we've all been working from home and, and remote? 
So I really think, you know, you, you pointed it out. Um, my work hasn't changed much because I was on Zoom before the pandemic started talking to people in all different places, Italy, mm. Australia, Switzerland, you know, um, Canada, all places in the U.S. So for me, not much has changed um, other than I had my kids uh, here, you know, for a portion of it. And that definitely was a big change. Yeah. Uh, my scientists, a lot of them were out of their laboratories and that's unfortunate. So their research endeavors, which were going on and, you know, um, in progress, they had to kind of stop. And so that was challenging. Mm. A lot of really great writing has gone on during the pandemic and a lot of great content has been made, you know, like this conversation we're having right now. In fact, that's one of my uh, concepts I just shared, you know, as a result of Bill Gates announcing a data sharing collaborative uh, network that they built for Alzheimer's disease, which I think is just ingenious. Uh, it's yeah. called the ABDI. I was envisioning a platform like that, including a virtual Grand Rounds component. Grand Rounds is you know, a term used to describe the uh, meetings that physicians and researchers can attend you know, to learn. Mm -hmm. And so my thought process with, it, process with the pandemic is it has just led to the creation of such tremendous scientific content, you know, that it, it should be captured and stored and organized in some way. Mm. Um, that's the first thing. The other way that the pandemic has impacted us is obviously we were looking at germs before COVID came about. Yeah. And what's really fascinating is one of the research collaborations I'm working on right now is going to look at COVID infection in the context of how the pathogen can actually enter the nose and get to the brain. Uh -huh. uh, compared to the bacteria, which we study in Alzheimer's disease, the um, respiratory chlamydia I mentioned earlier. Mm. And so the pandemic is kind of highlighting something we were already working on, is that a pathogen can get into the brain and cause trouble. And uh, it's a concept that to me, you know, I'm a very optimistic person, you're probably gathering, and uh, I think that helped me get through some very difficult and challenging times with my health. Mm. What carries me forward is that I believe what we learn about this particular virus, which has emerged on the scene, will actually change the way that we research other diseases and will inform, you know, protocols to, to examine chronic diseases, even like Alzheimer's. Yeah. So I believe we're actually as it's horrible and challenging as it is, and uh, you know, not not to overlook the detriment of the pandemic, but I do believe we will learn a great deal from it. Mm. And I think every discussion I've had with business owners and uh, people just like you, like yourself, it has been, you know, there's always been a focus on any positives, and I think that that is the only thing that we we can do. You know, yes, it's happening; it's a terrible situation, but you know, the innovation that we've seen, the networking that we've seen, the move to sort of digital. Um, networking zoom you know for, for you and I you know my business is uh, and has been working around the world for, for for years recruiting engineers and pharmaceutical experts so I, I'm used to this uh, and we've been very well set up for it you know likewise with yourself however the fact that it's now more accepted by others and there's a lot more attention on the, the pharma space has been yeah, just um, kind of a blessing in disguise if there is anything good to come out of the whole situation. So I think you've, you've nailed it there. Um, and look, hopefully things will um, continue to progress positively uh, for you guys uh, at Intracell and for you know anyone that you're connecting. Um, but look, I, I guess slightly off topic for yourself, I guess one of the things in the world of pharma um, at the moment, there's huge talks about you know, the successes that we're, we're, we are making um 
of course there's the vaccines and we seem to be getting more and more positive news sort of every day now um just very quickly you don't need to share anything too too scientific but like you know what are your thoughts on on the vaccines as someone who's been in a situation where you've kind of had to make a choice over do i take this or you know for a specific reason reason there will be individuals maybe facing that kind of internal dilemma with things like the the vaccine um so i mean what are your thoughts on on the, the vaccine and uh for the world of pharma moving into 2021 so i think it's um it, it's a fantastic question and you're honing in on something which is just um part of being human right which is having these big thinking brains and mm. perfectly healthy and good in fact if i hadn't questioned my own diagnoses i wouldn't be sitting here having a conversation with you today that's for mm. sure i think it's important for us to be aware and question and for people to empower themselves with knowledge to the best of their ability, you know, to read and to truly, um, you know, dig deep on things. I think that the, I'm thoroughly thrilled about this vaccine success that we are seeing, you know, with mm -hmm. Pfizer and Moderna and the other companies which have made a, a honestly Herculean way in such a short amount of time. It's nothing short of remarkable. Um, mm -hmm. The data looks good which is truly wonderful because from a scientific standpoint, there have been some questions about whether the immune response, which you get after COVID, even after getting the infection itself is long enough, uh, you know, or uh, durable enough is the term, you know, mm. to really protect you the next time. So there was questions as to whether or not the vaccines would be protective. And then of course, questions about the safety. I think that's the biggest thing that people feel a reservation about is just the speed um, with which the vaccines are coming to market. And then, you know, for me, I always like to see the post-marketing data and um, watch and see what adverse events and, and what things emerge. But I do feel incredibly optimistic. And then again, to take it to the place where we function and work, um, one of the pathogens that we think is incredibly important in many chronic diseases like heart disease, Alzheimer's, um, certain types of arthritis, uh, possibly multiple sclerosis, uh, this respiratory chlamydia, people have actually tried for decades to devise a vaccine to treat or to prevent this infection from happening in the first place yeah. because it's so incredibly prevalent, um, but it, it hasn't been successful. My hope is that in everything we've learned developing vaccines for this particular virus, that those platforms can be transferred over to other pathogens, which need to be addressed additionally. And sure. I do not think it's outlandish that one day we may be able to vaccinate against neurodegenerative diseases for a subset of patients in which infection is going to be important. So that would me, be amazing, right? Yeah. I, I mean, again, it, it all goes down to how we choose to look at things. You know, when mm. I was sick, I had a choice. I could, I could really literally um, just find a way, which is why I have the giant sign behind my head. Yeah, it's 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 my mantra. You know, you, you find a way forward. You put one foot in front of the other. And, uh, you know, if, if you do it with optimism and belief and you do it with integrity. And I think uh, I think a lot of amazing science is going to emerge from this to answer your question. And that's the thing that excites me the most beyond, mm -hmm. of course, the uh, the success of the vaccines, hopefully giving uh, people immunity. Is, is what we can do with it in the future with the technology. Definitely, and if, if that can sort of pass, pass, uh, pass over to your world as well, uh, for your 
grander scheme and, and success that you're looking at in future that would be incredible but I guess in the more immediate time for, for yourself what's just to kind of site bring us in for landing and uh, mm-hmm. what's what's in store for you guys uh, at Intracel uh, over the next sort of 12 to, to 18 months is there big plans into 2021 um you know clearly you've weathered the storm well with, with covid you were set up for it all, already probably more people accepting uh digital yeah. networking that's how, how you and i are, are talking right now what are the plans for, for you guys heading into 2021 and what would you say to i guess anyone who is open to yeah investments and funding and, and interested sure. to hear more from from yourself and, and your business so I'm looking at um, drug development now um, is another uh, another piece of what I've been examining over the last few months, and that's still sort of uh, new and in its earliest stages, but um, looking actually to change the economics behind it by developing something which could be not only profitable so that people would want to invest in it, but that would help human beings, you know, not to have to forget who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that's tremendous. Uh, the other thing is um, a book, which is in process, and two publications, which would be uh, all of those, the book and the two publications, my first um, scientific publications. So for me, a tremendous milestone personally, because mm-hmm. I have a business background. And so mm-hmm. the fact that I am now contributing you know, scientifically um, for me was something I never thought I would be doing. And, and it's an incredible privilege. Um, so into 2020, you know, and, and then of course these collaborative research projects that are getting different academic medical centers together to look at things, you know, that are, um, looking at Alzheimer's, looking at asthma. Um, and these are the things I'll be working on in 2021, you know, with, with absolute gratitude, just not only to be alive and well, but to hopefully be able to share my story with, uh, other people to change other people's lives. Amazing. Well, you doing definitely doing some amazing work that I can you know as a recruitment business owner one thing that we always focus on is the individual it doesn't matter about job title people's backgrounds it's the individual that we look at and, and we try and almost you hedge your bets on on that so look, I, I think that it's going to be a massive success for you yourself um fingers crossed um and look, I, I don't know how you're going to have time to, to do all of these things because I know you've got a couple of kids um as well I mean what what do you do to, to relax outside of work? There must be some downtime. It sounds like you're pretty 100 miles an hour, quite obsessive with with this passion of yours. Yeah, I'm totally obsessed. In, in, in a good way. <laughs> no, I'm totally obsessed. And I think you have to be, right? If it's if you're going to you know do something uh, that changes things, that really changes things. I, uh, I love my dog. I walk my dog. I exercise every chance I get. I take care of myself. Mm. Um, you know, by eating healthy and working out because, um, you know, I am aware that our time is, is finite and that the body is, uh, you know, something to be truly grateful for. Mm. And that if your, you know, your body and mind aren't well, then you can't accomplish the things in this life you need to accomplish. And of course, um, you know, spending time with my children, you know, shooting hoops, playing football. I'm a mom, I'm a boy mom, as they call it. So I do a lot of things I never really thought I'd be doing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so that and, and cooking, I love to cook. Um, but yeah, I do. I work hard. I think about it constantly. If I'm reading something, I'm reading medical literature, not mm-hmm. because I feel like I have to, but because I love it. I, I genuinely do. Um, so I guess maybe that makes me kind of a dork, but, um, but I'm it's amazing. I mean, it may, it basically means that you're never really working because you are, you're working on your passion. It's what you would choose to do in your, your spare time. Um, it's healthy body, healthy mind, which goes, amazingly bearing in mind you kind of 
unless you were in that point to, to help self-diagnose, you could have mm -hmm. had that healthy mind side of things taken away from you. So you kind of um, just go in with, with the whole healthy, healthy body, healthy mind and making the most of it and just loving life really by the sounds of things. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, the work that we do is difficult and uh, it requires, you know, an optimistic mindset. Um, mm. But, you know, again, I feel like, like you said, this isn't work for me. It's something that is mission driven and I also happen to love it. And so I do think that, you know, anytime you examine like the history of people that have done anything really successfully, whether it's in science or, or any field, you name it, mm. uh, there usually is passion and there usually is integrity and um, there's usually grit. And determination and so those are the things that i hope to bring to these spaces and if nothing else you know um in science you can always be wrong too and you, if you're a true scientist you acknowledge that being wrong is also pointing you in the right direction because it tells you to abandon what you're presently working on and move on to the next thing and so if that's our biggest contribution it's still a contribution you know is, is to is to question and always is wonder why you know to to look deeper Perfect. Well, that gives us a very good summary, uh, Nikki. It's been so interesting to hear about what you've, you know, what you've been through, your story, what you're, you're doing as a business, uh, and just hear your own sort of personal drive and, uh, and ambition. It's, it's amazing. So, look, thank you very much for coming on on the show. Um, we'll definitely keep in, in touch and you know look forward to hearing how these new ventures are going as we head into next year. I guess. Thank you, James. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, I appreciate the series that you're creating. I think it'll be a lot of great content. You are welcome. Well, you're certainly contributing to it with your story. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Nikki.